Well, Happy New Year, everybody. I'm smiling. I'm one of those guys that's like 2016. Goodbye. See ya. I'm thankful to be alive. Before I get started today, I want to let you know that next week we have a guest speaker. You know, next week is Celebration Sunday, and so I want you to be preparing your hearts right now to, to celebrate testimony and song, maybe, uh, with what God has done in your life in 2016 and what you're anticipating in 2017. Well, we have a guest speaker here that's going to uh, give us his testimony, and it is pretty amazing, as a matter of fact. Uh, you'll hear more about it. I don't want to spoil it. Uh, suffice it to say that this man experienced a tremendous amount of trauma in his life, uh, and God had to completely deliver him uh, and, and, uh, and, and give him a heart of forgiveness and remove a heart of stoniness and bitterness in order for him to even be able to share this testimony with you. I'll just give you a little snippet of it. I want you to invite your friends because it is a powerful, powerful testimony. This man had his daughter, his 11-year-old daughter, abducted from his place, kidnapped, raped, murdered when she was 11 years old. And you'll hear his story of how God brought him out of the pit of despair, restored him uh, to the degree that he has total forgiveness in his heart and not any root of bitterness. It is an amazing, amazing story. You won't want to miss it. If you know someone that's struggling with, with unforgiveness or with bitterness, invite them here to hear this story. You'll be glad you did. It might just change their life. Amen? Amen? All right, so that's next week during the service. I'm sure that you've noticed that every year around this time, the major networks and the major magazines conduct a year in review. And what they do is they recall the headlines of some of the major events and some of the major people in the news, including people, honoring people that we've left behind in 2016. It's amazing because at this time of year, subject matter experts also predict what they expect to see happen in the years ahead, some five, some 10, some 15, some 20 years or more in the future. In the past, some of these predictions have turned out real well, spot on. Other times, others have been dead wrong. Uh, and I don't know if you knew this or not, but Jesus was supposed to come back in September of last year. Uh, according to some predictions, I think between the 13th and the 22nd of, G of September, Jesus was going to come back. I don't know if this person knows their Bible, you know, very well, but I'm told in Scripture that no man knows the day nor the hour that Jesus is coming back. And so, you know, there have been some predictions that are dead wrong. Here's another example. Back in 1967, we had experts that predicted that at the turn of the century, technology would make it so most Americans would only have to work 22 hours a, a week. <laughs> and only 27 weeks out of the year. It was predicted back in 1967 at the turn of the century, our biggest problem would be what to do with all the leisure time we had. I don't know about you, but I don't fall into that category. <laughs> As a matter of fact, I think few of you fall into that category, uh, too, because recent statistics show that people have never been busier. 
Think about it, man. Our life is so fast-paced, man. Everything we do is in a hurry. We walk fast. We talk fast. We eat fast. We demand faster computers, faster internet, faster phones. We even sleep fast. <laughs> I mean, okay, now you're laughing, but, but I had to think about it. I, I made myself laugh thinking about how many times I said, if I could just get a quick nap, right? <laughs> Listen, last year went by so fast. And for many of us, it was a good year. And for some of us, it was not such a good year. I was going out to Tom Atwood's uh, father's memorial service last week. And, um, and I stopped at the Chevron station to pick up something. And I walked up to the counter. And there's a young man behind the counter. And I paid for my merchandise. He said, Happy New Year, man. He said, Happy New Year to, to you, too. He said, I'll sure be glad when this year is over, man. I said, really? He said, yeah, I had one of the worst years ever. I can't wait for 2016 to be over. And I know that there are some people in here that may feel the same way. Whether good or bad, 2016 is over, and today is the first Sunday of 2017. And I wonder how we'll do this year. In the 364 days left in this year, when this year is over, will you look back with regret or will you rejoice? And as we look forward to what this year holds for us, how do you really feel going into this year? Are you approaching this year with caution and anxiety or with certainty and anticipation? How can this year be better for you than last year? How can it? Now we're going to explore that today. Because today we're going to look at a passage of Scripture that I think provides spiritual principles that if we apply these principles, 2017 will be a banner year for you and I. So if you have your Bibles with you, I want you to join me in, in Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5. And I've titled uh, this sermon today, Biblical Principles for the New Year. Ephesians chapter 5. And for those of you who don't have the passage of Scripture, it will be on the screen for you. I'm reading out of the ESV version, so it might read a little bit different if, different if you're in the E or the NIV, uh, NASB, KJV, NKJV, CEV. <laughs> yeah, there's a bunch of different ones. It doesn't matter which one you're in. As long as the word of God is clear. As a matter of fact, let me say this. What's the best version of the Bible? The one that you will faithfully read. And apply. <laughs> Look at what the scripture says today. Paul writes, look carefully then how you walk. Some versions say how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise. Making the best use of time because the days are evil. And therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Is understand what the will of the Lord is. I think I, in this passage, Apostle Paul gives us three timeless principles for us to live by, and I'm going to jump right to it. Here's the first one, right out of this passage: time. Time. Our time on Earth is limited. Praise God for that. 
Our time on earth is limited. Maximize it. Make the most of it. My birthday last year, I put in my calendar as a reminder something that pops up every single day and reminds me. It says this, live this birthday year as if it's my last. Live this birthday year as if it's my last. I want to suggest to you today, we don't have all the time in the world, live this year as if it's your last. Not saying that nothing's going to, that something's going to happen to you, but live your life that way, amen? Here's what the psalmist says, and Moses, as he writes this, this is a, a prayer of Moses. He writes in Psalms chapter 90, verse 10, he says, the years of our life are 70, or by reason of strength, 80, they are soon gone and we fly away. David writes the same thing about the brevity of life in Psalms 34, verse, nine, verse 4. He says, Lord, make me to know my end and what is the measure of my days. Let me know how fleeting I am. Man, life is like a vapor. It's here today and gone tomorrow. It's quick. <laughs> I have this... I have this a uh, humidifier in my room. I fill it up with water uh, at, at night, and I cut it on, and the vapor comes out. And I remember waking up the first night that I had it because the light comes on, and, and the vapor comes up all over the room, and it kind of looks like a ghost. And I woke up and I had to look for a minute because it was like floating around like this there. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. You wake up the next day, the red light is flashing because all of the water is gone, but there's nothing in the air. Because that vapor doesn't stay. Life is a lot like that. It comes and it goes like a vapor. I can remember when I thought that anyone over 40 years old was old. <laughs> and anyone that was over 60 years old was ancient of days. I no longer feel that way, obviously, seeing that I'm in my mid-50s. I still feel like I'm young. Here's my point. Time flies, man. And the truth is, we don't have any guarantee that we're going to live not even one more day. In fact, the Bible tells us to don't count on tomorrow because tomorrow might not come, from you, come for you. The only time that we have, family, to live is right now in the present, in the time that we're living in. Mitch talked about that earlier. When he told me what he was going to say, I said, man, you go on and preach it then, Mitch. <laughs> Listen, our time on earth is valuable because it's limited. Did you know there are only 8,760 hours in this year and you've already lived almost 13 of them? Think about how fast time flies. You know, uh, this time of year, especially during the holiday season, I, I, I find it humorous that almost every time you watch TV, you see something and, and they want to run a special. And at the, at the end of the special, it's like, get this now because it's for a limited time only, right? Life is like that. We're here for a limited time only. You know, I like all kinds of music, and um, there's a, there's a singer-songwriter named Kenny Chesley, Chesney that wrote this song, Don't Blink. Amazing song. Listen to what it says about time. 
He wrote the song based on an interview of a guy that was 104 years old and people considered his life a success. They said, well, how, how did you, know, how'd you live your life so successfully? He said, well, don't blink. This is what Kenny Chesney wrote. Don't blink. Just like that, you're six years old and you take a nap. You wake up and you're 25 and your high school sweetheart becomes your wife. Don't blink. You just might miss your babies growing like my, mine did, turning into moms and dads, and the next thing you know, your better half of 50 years is there in bed. And you're praying God takes you instead. Oh, trust me, friend, a hundred years goes faster than you think. Don't blink. Principle of time, what is the best use of your time? How would you be willing to live if you knew that this year was your last? I want to encourage you to live this year for God as if it's your last. So the first principle, timeless principle, is time. Our time on earth is limited. Maximize it as followers of Jesus Christ. The second is opportunity. Seize it. We are to make the most of every opportunity to invest eternally. Make it a point this year to focus on the things of lasting value, the things that will last for an eternity. Why? Paul tells us, because the days are evil. You could, listen, it's hard to find something good in the midst of all the evil that's going on, isn't it? And, you know, we don't have to look globally to see the evil that's in the world. We can see it right in our backyard, can't we? You know, I, I, I might have told you this, and maybe I didn't tell you because I was a little embarrassed when it happened. Um, about three months ago, four months ago, I, you know, my car got broke into. Actually, I left the, the door open, and somebody, I'm glad I left it open because they probably would have broken in and, like, busted my windows and stuff. But it was open, and I didn't want to say anything because my wife had been telling me for a few days, lock your car, Greg. And I, and I didn't listen. You know, sometimes the husbands can be hard-headed. <laughs> Everybody say, listen, listen to your wife. <laughs> yeah, man, so my, my truck got broken into, man. And somebody stole something. Somebody took the opportunity to steal something from me, to rob me of something that was mine. Jesus says Satan is much the same way. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy opportunities that you have to invest in someone eternally. Opportunities that you have to receive things from others that will affect you eternally. <laughs> and here's something that you should know. Sometimes he'll even place good things in our way that prevent us from seizing opportunities for greater things. You see, just because something is good doesn't make it right for you. I think about the passage in Luke where, where Jesus said, I think it's Luke 10, Jesus and his disciples had entered into a village and they went into Martha's house. And they're sitting down. Can I just use modern day vernacular here? They're sitting down in Martha's house just chilling. Right. 
Martha's in the, in the, in the kitchen just burning it up. I mean, she's not actually burning. She, I mean, she's cooking. She's cooking up a storm, man. She's in there cooking, slaving away. And Jesus is, is out there and he's talking to his disciples, man. And, and they're just eating it up, man. He's giving them eternal things. They're just eating it up. And Mary's sitting there at his feet, just like, just sitting there. And Martha comes out of the kitchen. She says, uh, 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 Jesus, I'm back in the kitchen slaving away. And Martha's sitting here. I mean, Mary's sitting here just, Sitting at your feet, out. can you tell her to go to work and come and help me serve you guys? And Jesus, and it's written in scripture like this, Martha, Martha. I think Jesus did like this, Martha, Martha, Martha. <laughs> Slow your roll a little bit. See, because you're doing something good, but Mary is desiring the greater thing. She is desiring the thing that is eternal. Hmm. See, here's the problem with that story. Martha was, in, Martha was in the kitchen so preoccupied with what she was doing that she was missing out on an opportunity for being with Jesus. So here's the application. In much the same way, if we're not careful, we can get caught up with doing what's right in front of our eyes, the next important thing, and miss out on being able to give or receive eternal things from each other and from God that will last us forever. Relationships. We're going to talk about that in a little bit. So I encourage you, let's not miss out on opportunities to invest in eternal things, things that matter the most to us this year. So how do we maximize our time and make the most of our opportunities this year? Paul tells us, he says this, don't be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. The third timeless principle in scripture is understanding what God's will is for you. You know, Proverbs chapter four, verse seven says this, the beginning of wisdom is this, get wisdom. Hey, the beginning of wisdom is this. Just get you some wisdom, man. Yeah, yeah. And, and no matter what you have to give, no matter what the cost, get an understanding. Get knowledge. Because watch this. Wisdom is the application of understanding and knowledge. And if you don't understand something, how can you get wisdom? Somebody say amen, Pastor. Wow, man. Understand what God's will is for you. Understand what God's will is for you. Don't let anybody tell you what God's will is for you. There are people that will tell you what, they, what God's will is for you, and they don't, know, they don't even know what God's will is for themselves. It must the same way. I can't tell you what God's will is for you, but I, tell, I can tell you what it isn't. It is not God's will for you to be consumed with anxiety and worry this year. It's not. It is also not God's will for your calendar to be so packed with things that you don't have time to really tend to the things that matter most. It's not God's will for you. 
So again, I can't, I can't tell you what God's will is for you, but I can tell you to see God for yourself. And I can tell you in that, you will understand God's will. So I'm going to offer you a few suggestions on how to hear from God for yourself. Because listen, every disciple of Jesus Christ, every disciple, everybody say every disciple. Every disciple of Jesus Christ, you've heard me say this, if I said it once, I said it a thousand times, needs to be able to hear God for themselves. Every disciple of Jesus Christ needs to consistently be asking two questions. God, what are you saying to me? To me. Help me to hear your voice so I can understand what you're saying to me, and then what do you want me to do about it? Yeah, hear from God for yourself. So to better hear God for yourself, I want, I, want to, I want to give you just a few suggestions I want you to consider. Here's the first one. First, ask God to help you to establish his priorities for you this year. And then trust him to do it. It's one thing to ask God and, and not trust him and not receive what it is you're asking him for. It's another thing to ask God to show you something and then trust him to give you what you've asked him for. And here's what I've learned about God in the years that I've followed him, man. Sometimes what you ask God for is not exactly what you think it's going to look like when you get it. And here's why. Because God loves you enough to always allow things into your life that's going to press you more deeply into relationship with him. Watch this. Whether you like it or not, whether I like it or not, there was a whole lot of things that happened in 2016 I did not like. But I tell you what, it drove me to my knees. It pressed me more deeply into relationship with God and with others that I know I love and trust. So ask God to help you to establish his priorities for you this year and then trust him to do it. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says this. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and don't lean to your own understanding. I'm an old King James Version guy and I used to say, and lean not to your own understanding. And in all of your ways, acknowledge him. King James says, and he will direct your paths. ESV says, he will make your paths straight. He'll lay the path out in front of you. You got to trust him to do it. We have to trust him to do it, amen? amen? Okay, so first ask God to establish your priorities. Live a Christ-centered life. Listen, cultivating your relationship with Jesus this year is the number one thing that you can do. You know why? Because, because it will affect every decision that you make. Everyone. From your appointment calendar to those personal relationships that God has planned for you to enter into this year, your relationship with Jesus Christ will be the motivating, driving factor behind you receiving everything that God has for you this year. So, how do I get to know Jesus better? How can I live a Christ-centered life? Just a couple of spiritual principles here to go with that. Schedule some definite time. 
each day to pray and read God's word. And don't just pray for yourself. Pray for your family. Pray for people around you. Pray for your church. Pray for the missionaries that are scattered out across the world, putting their life on the lines. Military are, are missionaries like Christian Chugas that's over in the Middle East where every single morning he wakes up, somebody's looking to behead him for spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ. You never know the effect that your prayers will have on people like that this side of heaven. But here's what I can guarantee you your prayers will do. Your prayers will cause you to move more deeply into relationship with Jesus. It will strengthen your trust and it will, it will expedite your growth in the Lord as you do that. Okay? Here's another thing. If you're married, invest in your spouse. Every husband... Every husband in Light Spring needs to have a date night with their wife. At least the lady should say, Amen, Pastor. <laughs> Why are you guys looking so sour at me? You guys are, well, guys are like, man, you shouldn't be saying that, Pastor. <laughs> man, listen, if you are married, dating your wife is the best investment you can ever make. You know, and if you're like me, you know, typically you think, when I used to think this, dating means, you know, taking them out to an expensive restaurant. That's good. We should do that, guys. We should, my wife said, amen. amen. We, we should do that. That's always a great thing to do, but here's the thing. It doesn't have to be expensive. Sometimes the best date night you can have is shutting your curtains, ordering in, and sitting back and just looking at each other while you're watching a movie. Well, you can't do the same thing at the same time, but watching the movie and look, you guys understand what I'm saying, right? Okay. All right. So invest time in your marriage. Invest time with your children. You heard me, that, that, that song earlier, Don't Blink, you know, wake up and you're 25 and your high school sweetheart becomes your bride. Don't blink. You just might miss your babies growing like mine did, turning to moms and dads next thing you know. Your daughter's 35 and your son's 30 almost. That's my life. Invest time in your children, nurturing them in the ways of Jesus. Here's another one. Be all in at work. How many of you got a J-O-B? Let me see your hand. Mm-hmm. Listen, did you know I think that followers of Jesus Christ need to be the best workers in the company? I think when somebody hires a follower of Jesus Christ, they, would, they should never regret it, not one moment. Colossians chapter 3, verse 22 says that, that as workers, we're to do our work as unto the Lord. Like the Lord is our boss and the rewarder for our labor, because at the end of the day, he is. Yeah. Yeah. So first, trust the Lord to help you establish his priorities for you this year. And then second, and I'll, I'm getting ready to close with this one. Looking up to see if I need anybody laughing. I am getting ready to close with this. Choose to live fully. Everybody say fully. fully. Choose to live fully every day. As best as you can, try to be fully present in the moment as often as you can. Huh. 
Choose to refuse to live in the failures of your past or in the anxiety of your future. I'll tell you something, man. We are not omnipresent. It is impossible for us to physically live in the past or the future. It's impossible for us. Only God can do that. But our minds can keep us trapped in one or the other. So, so, so the Bible continues to tell us to take our thoughts captive so that we can learn how to live fully present in the moment with each other and with a fully present God. The only place that God can meet with you is right here and now. Because we aren't privileged to be able to live any other place as human beings except for right now. Choose to live fully present so that you can live fully every day. Let me close with this story. I recently heard this. It's about a girl who went off to college and she just hated it. So she told herself, if I can just get out of college and get married and have children, I know I'll finally be happy and I'll be able to enjoy my life. And so she stuck with it. She went to class every day and she finally graduated from college at the top of her class with honors. Shortly after she got married and then she had children and discovered that children are a lot of work. How many parents in the house? <laughs> so she told herself, if I can just get these kids raised, then I'll be able to really enjoy life. But about the time the kids were entering into high school, her husband said, hey, guess what? We don't have enough money for college, baby. I really need you to go to work so we can send our kids to college. Can you get a job? She didn't want to, but she knew it was the right thing to do because they needed the money, so she went to work. And she hated it. She told herself, if I can just get these kids out of college and get all the bills paid, then I can quit and really enjoy life. Eventually, the last child graduated from college, and all the bills were paid. And so she went into her employer, and she said, I quit. He said, oh, wait, wait, Alan, hold up for a second. All you need to do is, is just work eight more years. Just stay eight more years, and you'll have this pension. You'll never have to worry about anything for the rest of your life. She said, well, now I don't want to work another eight years. But she did. The money's really good here. Can't turn down the opportunity, so she did. She worked another eight years. Finally, her and her husband reached retirement age, and they both retired at the same time. They sold their house and bought a little retirement home and sat on the front porch just swinging in the sun, looking at the old family albums and reminiscing about the good old days. And it was only then that they understood how much time had passed and all the missed opportunities to enjoy what really mattered most. Here's the point. Life is what happens to us while we're making plans to do something else. Life is what happens to us while we're making plans to do something else. That's why today is such a great reminder on a day where everybody has these New Year's resolutions. Resolution, right, is that right? Oh, I'm thinking revolutions, resolutions. <laughs> New Year's resolutions about what they're going to do. 
Live life right now in the present. Another year has come and gone. Today begins the dawn of a brand new day. And I've written out my prayer for you for this year. And here it is. And Mitch, if you don't mind coming to the piano. May God grant you wisdom to understand his will for you this year. May you maximize the time that you've been given. May you seize every opportunity to invest in eternal things. May you experience enough happiness to keep you sweet, enough trials to keep you strong, enough sorrow to keep you human, enough hope to keep you encouraged, enough failure to keep you humble, enough success to keep you eager, enough friends to give you comfort, enough wealth to meet your needs, enough enthusiasm to make you look forward to tomorrow and enough grace to make each day this year be better than the one before. Father, thank you for a brand new year. Thank you that the challenges of 2016, the ones that came that looked to plunder us, to pound us into the ground, pummel us, have come and gone. Those that did not destroy us only served to make us stronger in you. Father, I thank you that 2017 is a year that will also bring its challenges and victories as well. May we remain centered in you in all that we do so that you are glorified by the way that we live our lives for the rest of the 364 days we have left in this year if you don't come again. We give you praise and we give you glory in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen.